Hello, everybody, and welcome to Little Little, this crazy little podcast about everything and nothing. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, joined, as always, by Greg Graber, educator and mindfulness guru. We're finally recording in the afternoon, and uh, I, I think we're, we're going to do this one sober. Cause we, yeah, I think this is three in a row, if I'm it, not it, it, it is three in a row. We'll, we'll, see, if the, we'll see if the listeners notice uh, any difference. <laughs> this, is, this is episode 13. We'll talk about what's going on in our lives, in the world. We've got some recommendations. We'll air some grievances. Do you have airline grievances, by the way? Uh, I think no. I'm no, flying good. on Sunday to go to Rice University to work with their team. So next week, mm-hmm. I probably will. Okay. And uh, some mindfulness. You have mindfulness. I have something that I looked up that I want to talk about mindfulness. And we'll talk about What's going to happen in in the week ahead? So what's going on with you, Mr. Graber, since we last sat down and chatted? So a big shout-out to Trey Draper. You know Trey, of course, uh, former Memphis Tiger player, played on those uh, storied teams of Josh Pastner with Joe Jackson and Austin Nichols and Shaq Goodwin and those guys. Great friend of mine. We go way back. So he came out like you did two years ago Mm -hmm. to speak to our students, a social and emotional learning session he talked about his book, The Language of Winning, and his background and mindset, and the kids just ate it up. He was great. So love Trey, love Leonard and Wanda, his parents, great people, been good to me in my career. I just wanted to say thank you. Cool, cool. Shout out to our boy Aaron Malloy. I saw that. First team uh, USL championship, uh, team of the year. Fantastic. Two years. I mean, he's he's been absolutely amazing and uh, a big reason why 901FC's had a couple of back-to-back playoff appearances, unfortunately not able to um, get beyond the uh, beyond the second round. But uh, Aaron, great guy. I know that you work with him. Incredibly I hard do. worker. Love um, him. I was texting him uh, this morning, sending him a congrats. Can't speak. I'm sober, Pete. <laughs> Congrats. How about that? Congrats. I see you've been playing some golf, and uh, I guess they have a dog? They just adopted a dog, so he and his fiance. so he's really happy about that. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I am back from a road trip, and uh, there is absolutely nothing worse than being on the road and not feeling well. And for regular listeners of the podcast and those of you who know me personally know that I'm dealing with a herniated disc in my back, L2, for, for all of you scoring at home. Uh, it's, it's, oh man, it's, it's, it's insanely painful. And, uh, to be doing, you know, games on the road where you can like barely walk. Thankfully, the only relief I get is when I sit down. Um, and, and of course the road trip got off to a horrible start getting blown out in Utah and then losing in Portland, a game in overtime that the Grizzlies very well could have, should have won. They had a 10 point lead with about three minutes remaining. So, um, so that, that was kind of crazy, but did get a chance to visit with a friend of my cousin. Uh, my cousin used to live out in Seattle, my cousin Adam, who has his own podcast called The Greatest Generation about Star Trek, The Next Generation. Um, Jace Krause is a foodie and an entrepreneur in the Pacific Northwest. And of course, because you've been to Portland, you know about the, the food cart culture mm-hmm. is just massive. It's there. really good. And uh, Jace has developed uh, a food cart, which has since become a brick-and-mortar restaurant as well, in addition to the cart. I, truck, really. Food truck is probably the, the better way to put it. Called Fried Egg, I'm in Love. It's a takeoff on the Cure song, Friday I'm in Love. And it's all fried egg sandwiches between slices of toasted sourdough bread with various fillings. So, so my favorite is smells like protein spirit. 
Favorite name or actually favorite sandwich? Favorite sandwich. And with that one, so you've got a fried egg, you've got some cheese, and then you can choose your protein. So I chose uh, some hickory smoked bacon, and then you can also add avocado. God, you're making me hungry. That that was absolutely off the charts. I love the golf names of the business and that particular sandwich. Yeah, I mean, there's Yoko Yoko Ono. And free range, free range against the machine. Like that. So yeah, so it, it's really cool. And I had a chance to uh, to hang out with Jason a little bit after the first game in Portland. But yeah, it, it, it's really cool. And what's interesting is that now a lot of NBA teams, because they stay right in downtown Portland, and Jason's truck is in Pioneer Courthouse Square, which is the center of the city. Uh, a lot of NBA people go over there, and so uh, it was always kind of fun then introducing new people to our traveling team. Hey, you ought to try this because because it is unique, and the, and the food food truck culture in Portland is is really something. It is also unfortunately discouraging how many businesses have gone out of business. The level of homelessness is just and and not just homelessness, but mentally ill homelessness where you know there there's a guy who's standing out in the middle of the street just yelling obscenities at the top of his lungs i see that more and more everywhere now i know obviously out west especially where the weather typically is pretty nice i would Mm -hmm. think you would see more but even i noticed a few weeks ago in new orleans yeah there were a lot more yeah that that's that's one thing that i think is the greatest shame of our country is that we do not take care of our people in terms of, of mental health, because there are people who have some very, very severe issues, and it's like, well, we'll just let them loose on the streets, and there's there no mechanism to get these people treatment, and uh, it's it, it makes it hard, because I lived in Portland for five years, and I think the last three I lived in an apartment downtown Portland, and it's a beautiful city, very walkable city, great light rail transportation, um, but when COVID hit, and the protests and everything, the, the downtown just really, really took a dive. And it's, it's unfortunate, too, because downtown Portland, and I really recognize this, or it, it came back to my consciousness for the first time in quite a while, a lot of amazing architecture, a lot of old mm-hmm. buildings there. And uh, it's, there's some really beautiful spaces there. And, and unfortunately, it's... You it know, really got scorched, right? Like literally burned up, like after the George Floyd protest was that a big yeah part of yeah i mean there, there there were there were a lot of protests i mean the pacific northwest has always been very socially active and yeah the george floyd and and some of the other uh issues yeah i mean it's it's not boarded up the way that it had been but it's uh it's it's clearly not back and it's 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 too bad because it's it's a beautiful i find the pacific northwest one of my favorite parts of the world it's just it's as beautiful the air is crisp and clean and fresh and yes it does rain a lot but it's beautiful and the fall colors were out so it was it was nice from that standpoint and then oh by the way the grizzlies got a win in their last game so that was uh what are one in one in six six one in six yeah it was it was it was a a major relief and jaron jackson jr was so happy he came over to the scores table he was going to do the the radio walk-off interview so he was coming to the scores table to grab the headset. But before he did, he literally threw himself over the scores table on top of Brevin and me. <laughs> and there's nothing like like having a seven-foot sweaty basketball player drape himself all over you when you're not expecting it. But Winning cures everything. Winning, you know, it honestly, because I've been dealing with, with the bad back and I've been dealing with medications. And I don't know how many of our regular listeners have been prescribed prednisone have you ever been on? i have it makes me sweaty and hungry in the middle of the night it makes it 
it really messed with my mood and I felt brain fog, which is like the last thing that you want to do when you're when you're trying to do a basketball game. I absolutely hated it. And uh, I'm, I'm off it now and getting ready for uh, for a nerve block injection, which hopefully will will help here. But yeah, that it's just yeah, it was just it was just miserable because, you know, you're in pain, you're losing. And I mean, we can't control whether or not the Grizzlies win. But it does affect your mood. <laughs> well, it's symbiotic. I think losing and winning both are symbiotic in the way in which the energy that people around that either way carry around is going to affect the people in their vicinity. Yeah, and, and when it's six in a row, then it's That's like tough. It, That's, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's it's not a lot of fun, but the but the losing streak, at least for the moment, is over. So we'll uh, we'll good. Go Glad to hear that. <laughs> Maybe the uptick starts now. That is that is what we're hoping for. What, what's interesting, and I'm not putting anyone down but a lot of like fans how they jump on that oh i hope ja feels bad about this thing now which is weird because they were the ones a couple months ago that were kind of taking up for him right but i think it goes to the old adage that the word fan is the root of fanatic yeah so yeah and and, and you hear all kinds of things you know like after six games we'll fire taylor jenkins and fire zach climb it's like Come Guys, on. Yeah. It's 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 six games, and you're playing. We're you're, we're basically the Grizzlies are playing with half a deck because everybody <laughs> seems to be getting hurt. Uh, and uh, they, you know, they for example, so they signed Bismarck Biombo. So he plays. In fact, he starts. He starts on Sunday night um, because Xavier Tillman now is hurt, and then John Conchar is hurt. Well, we know Stephen Adams is is out for the season, and Brandon Clark is out for most if not all of of the season and so i mean you're you're dealing with such a a different roster than what you tried to construct in the first place so you you're just trying you're you're trying to find workarounds basically to to win basketball games which in the nba is very very difficult um and we had our first in-season tournament game with did you did did you see the courts i didn't yeah i did see some of the courts on tv kind of switching around channels uh, the other night, really cool. It was exactly what you were talking about. I think it adds a little pizzazz. Yeah. Am I showing my age by using a term like that <laughs> from uh, the 1920s? <laughs> it, it it definitely showed, and the NBA wanted some visual representation that this is a different competition. This is something different. This is something special. And, and you know, some of the courts, particularly the ones, of course, Portland's primary color is is bright red. The Chicago Bulls' primary color is bright red, and those courts really really were striking i think the grizzlies court which is basically going to be gray a lighter shade of gray i think is going to be very very a little more subtle very attractive yeah and i mean you know they're just trying to play off the team's colors and i think that's going to be really good so 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 let me ask you this would the nba ever approve a home court that colorful that some of these are using for the tournament or well you know it's funny because years ago the grizzlies did approach the nba about having a gray court to reflect the asphalt basketball courts that we have in Memphis. Years ago, the NBA is like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. Now, I think the last couple of years, Brooklyn, because their primary colors are black and white, I think they got away with maybe not a cement gray court, but a lighter gray court. Um, the, the, The court designs, they have to be submitted to the NBA and they have to be approved. By and large, I, I, I don't think they want, particularly now since the in-season tournament courts are painted everywhere, I don't think they want anybody to have a regular season court that has uh, 
that has paint everywhere. They want to be able to see some of these college, resembling wood. Some of these college courts are atrocious, like the logos and the way that. Um, well, have have you seen Oregon's where they have like uh, the pine trees and everything? I haven't. Yeah, because I think for a time I don't I I haven't seen I don't know what Memphis's court right now. I don't know if it's like the Tiger Stripes. Ooh, but yeah, at one point a couple in time, years ago it was bad. Mem- Memphis had the skyline. Yeah, the University of Memphis had the skyline yeah. along the sideline. But and there was uh, I think the University of Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, had kind of a crazy one. It, it was almost so colorful and sort of piecemeal if i was a player i would find it somewhat confusing probably yeah well even we even find that with the grizzlies regular court because the out of bounds line is maybe like two inches wide and then you see just plain varnished wood on the other side of it and a lot of players will step out of bounds because they just see they just see varnished wood and they put their foot down and they don't realize they're on the wrong side of the line because a lot of basketball courts the out of bounds it's not a line it's actually a you know like a foot foot deep border or whatever but in any event and i thought it was so funny you know you talk about fanatics there were fans who like oh these courts are terrible the in-season tournament is terrible we haven't even played an in-season tournament game could you at least (laughs) give it you know one game which by the way the grizzlies uh their first home in-season tournament game will be this friday when they host the utah jazz so you'll get to see the new city edition uniforms uh, and you will get to see the the court in person when the Grizzlies take on the Utah Jazz. So, that's, so the win loss record doesn't affect the season record at all. It's a totally different tournament. That's well, it's that it. well, it's, it's it's counted as a regular season game. Oh, it does count. Okay. So what they do is they've divided the thirty teams into six pods of five. So you play the four other teams. The six uh, group winners advance to the quarterfinals along with a couple of wild cards. So the second place finishers, you know, based on their record out of uh, you know out of the rest. They'll go in quarterfinals that'll be played in NBA arenas. The semifinals and finals will be played, uh, I believe, at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. So all, the, all these games, with the exception of the championship game, will count in the regular season standings. So there's, there's no motivation for the coaches really to treat it any differently because it is a regular season game. So, you know, the Grizzlies lost uh, Friday at Portland, so it counts against their regular season record. It also counts... In group play, so they're they're zero and one, and the other group uh, games, as I said, it'd be Friday against the Utah Jazz. Uh, then on the upcoming road trip, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, and then later uh, the day after Thanksgiving, Phoenix Suns will be in Memphis. And those are the those are the four group stage games for the Grizzlies this year. Before we wrap up the basketball, mm-hmm. league, and I'm sorry for people that aren't into basketball, but you should know better with me, listening to Pete and me. Um, <laughs> Shout out to my guy, Will Wade. Big, nice. up, big upset, his first ever game. Not that he actually coached. He's suspended for 10 games. But his program at McNeese State was a 12-point underdog to VCU. They went to VCU. VCU paid him to play, and they won. So <laughs> VCU to, regretting to, the check. To Will and his guy, yeah. So, And I love my VCU. You know, I've worked with them. I've had several stints with them over the years. And Ed McLaughlin, they're – their athletic director, if you're listening, sorry about this, but uh, happy for my guy, Will Wade. Good, good. For his comeback. Got any recommendations for us? Just a quick one. I was kind of racking my brains trying to think of one because I haven't really read anything new or watched any anything new, but there's a great new restaurant in downtown Memphis in Harbortown called Cocoso's. It's an Italian place. Okay. Highly recommend it. Okay. Very affordable Typically, you can get a table there if you get early enough. There's outdoor seating if the weather is nice. Very nice happy hour. Good wines. Nice pasta. 
Did did so, it take the place of, of another restaurant that I'm went not, out of business? I don't. I'm not really sure. Because I only I know. Because really I only know of uh, what was it? Paulettes. It's it's and Tugs. Were it's a little two. deeper end than those. It's kind of close to Miss Cordelia's. Kind of before you get there. Okay. Near some of the offices there. I'm sure it was something else before. Okay. But uh, Holly and I have been a few times and really enjoyed it. Nice staff. Okay. Good. Um, Good. Uh, my recommendation is something that is, it is not a book, it is not a podcast, it's not a restaurant. But uh, those of you who don't know, I was with the Portland Trailblazers for five seasons before I came to Memphis. And I had the opportunity for the last four to be the television voice of the Portland Trailblazers. And the director of Trailblazers Broadcasting was a fellow by the name of George Wash. Everybody thinks that Fox invented the Fox box and the little score bug in the corner of the screen. It actually started in Portland with George Wash. A lot of the things that we see now in television, you know, not only the score bug, but then something slides out, you know, it's this flag or timeout or whatever. That was all pioneered by George Wash in Portland, Oregon. Didn't get any credit for this. No, because it happened in Portland, Oregon, and nobody ever really pays <laughs> attention to anything that happens in the Pacific time zone. Um, but the Trailblazers were always on the cutting edge of technology, and part of it was because they were owned at that time by the late Paul Allen. And so uh, when I was there, we called it the spam era, spending Paul Allen's money. <laughs> so we would travel with special computers to generate this stuff that nobody else had. And uh, we, we weren't part of a, a, a regional sports network. We, we totally did our own thing. Um, and I, I've always told George that he really, really needs to write a book, which uh, which he never did, which is which is regrettable. Uh, I think one of the pinnacle moments of his career, uh, he directed all the men's basketball games at the Athens Olympics. And uh, George turned 91 in October and uh, is living in an assisted uh, living facility in Gladstone, Oregon. And the point that I want to make is I had not done television until I was in Portland, and so really had to learn on the fly. I was here, here I was, I'd really never done television play-by-play. -play. I'm working with Steve Snapper-Jones, who at the time was on NBC all the time with Big Bill time. Walton. Yeah. yeah, and George Wash, who really created a lot of what we see in NBA television these days. And so, you know, here I'm like this totally green, you know, person, you know, at 34 years of age, you know, kind of being thrown into this. And George was a great mentor to me. And the, the point that I want to make, and, and particularly now as we head toward the holidays, my recommendation for our listeners is that you know that in your life there have been mentors, teachers, role models, people that have helped you get where you are today. What I'm challenging everybody and what I'm recommending for people to do, call one of those people. Don't email them. Don't text them. Call them. And uh, I was able to, uh, to call George and talk to him. And at 91 years of age, his, his energy is, is still really good. Didn't have a chance to actually get and sit down and have a cup of coffee with him. But we had a nice conversation. And, I bet you made his day. And he, and he made my day. Uh, and I, I think that's really important because one of the things maybe that we don't have enough of in today's world is appreciation or expressions of appreciation. And I just think it's, it's, it's really important. And, and when you think of... You know, I'm thinking he's 91 years years of age, going into the holidays. Sometimes people that are in that demographic, they're like, well, did I really mean anything to anybody? What did I do for the world? Um, you know, and, and right now he's by himself. His wife is in memory care. His wife doesn't recognize him because she has Alzheimer's disease. So 
it's one of those things where I, I just think that you can really brighten somebody's day and just say, look, I appreciate what you did for me. Uh, you know, I've, I've enjoyed success and you were a part of that because we all stand on the shoulders of somebody else. With it, our as an educator and, and former teacher and principal and coach, every now and then I'll get one of those. I can't tell you how much they mean. And sometimes it'll even be from, I want to say a kid, now they're adults because I'm getting old. <laughs> um, like, really, I had that impact on you? I never really thought of that. Wow. And it really makes you feel good. Yeah. So that, that's, that's my recommendation. I love it. It's nice. All right. So let's go. Let's go right to the grievances. Right to the grievances. So I was watching the Arsenal game Saturday. Yeah. So you got you have grievances with the referee, didn't with you? With the VAR wow. and the referees. <laughs> and I'm not one to complain about referees. Whenever someone says that, you know, typically they are. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I'm an anomaly. I'm not. I'm not typically one to complain about the refs. By the way, everyone keeps asking about you there. Pete's fine, other than his back. He's got a I'm more the, than full-time gig, man. <laughs> I mean, geez, 82 games a year, right? Yeah. That's just the – so it's, Ars- it's nice to be missed. It is, yeah. <laughs> so Arsenal is playing Newcastle, arguably the most physical, if not dirtiest team in the Premier League. Really close game. I felt like Arsenal was controlling it for most of the game. Newcat, there's a series of events, unfortunate events. Is that like a lemony snicket? That's lemony snicket, like that? yeah. A series of unfortunate events. It transpires. They they score a goal. Newcastle scores a goal against Arsenal. Then the referee stops it forever to do three, Pete. Not one, not two, three VAR video reviews of all of these so-called possible infringements. One was the ball was out of bounds. The second one was it was offside. And the third one was Gabrielle, our defender, got pushed with two hands from behind. Despite taking forever to look at those, they still counted the goal. (laughs) What's the use of having this video review? First and foremost, that messes up the game, the flow of the game. You're going to have human error either way. Obviously, there's human error if all these guys are looking and still can't find the infringements that everyone else sees. So I'm all for getting rid of VAR reviews. Just have goal line technology, whether the ball went in the goal or not. I'm guessing the ball is chipped anyway, probably. I don't know about that. I know the NBA is working toward that because NBA is adopting the Hawkeye technology that we have in tennis, but it, it, they, they don't have the ball chipped yet. But I think certainly that that's something that the, the Premier League could have. So yesterday, Chelsea played Tottenham, a similar thing. Like, I think they were in the first half, they had to add on 15 minutes of extra time <laughs> because, because of the there VAR were so review. many VAR reviews. Robbie Musto, one of my favorite pundits, you know who he mm-hmm. is on NBC Sports, said they're taking away the joy of our game. Like, players are hesitant to celebrate after they score a goal until they review it. Yeah. So it's like, this is like terrible. It's the worst thing. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, and, and the NBA ha- with their replay is it's got to be concrete stuff. Inbounds, out of bounds. Um, you know, they now they, they do have the challenge. You can challenge foul calls, which foul calls, you know, those can be subjective. I think the, the more that you can have it objective, ball across the line, mm-hmm. Um, handball certainly, um, but if you you know if you get into fouls, 
But then again, sometimes somebody comes in with studs up and the referee doesn't see it immediately and it should be a straight red. Well, Jorginho was pushed like three times. Did you see that? Clunked in the head once and it was, no, well, it was his forearm. It wasn't his elbow. Still an intentional blow to the head. But it's, it's, I don't know what's going on with the refereeing. And, and Arteta, our manager for mm-hmm. Arsenal, really went off. Yeah. I was glad. Yeah, and, and it's funny because I don't know that you would ever add a second referee. So you'd have two referees, two assistants, and then what would be a fifth official on the sideline. Because the NHL went to two referees. Yeah. Because one referee on a soccer pitch, you turn your head, you're going to miss something important. Yeah, 22 guys. Yeah. Well, the other thing is I think the assistant referees, which – Guys our age, we used to call linesmen Mm -hmm. back in the day. They're a little more reluctant to raise their flags and to get the referee's attention now because of VAR. So I I believe they think they're going to be over-scrutinized if they make a mistake. So they're overly hesitant now, too. So it's like no one wants to make a call. They want to review it. It's slowing the game down. You know, the World Cup last winter... Do you remember how long the, the extra time and injury times were? Oh, they, they were, were like incredibly 15, 20 long. minutes yeah. a game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's you, a little, uh, you know, it's a first world problem, I guess, if that's my airing of the grievance this week. But, you know, it's, okay. it's, it's all, affecting it's, me profoundly. It's, it's, it's about soccer. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with food delivery services. What's the, you don't like having your food delivered? That's the greatest thing in the world. When they get it right. Okay. So, so I've I've got I've got three instances. Okay, and um, one night, and and of course with with my bad back, it's like okay, I'm not sure I want to stand at the stove because that's it's very painful, or hop in a car and and go get something. So yeah, bring bring me my food, right? So I ordered from a taco place, and two tacos, chips and queso. Just just that's all I need, right? So I get the bag from the guy. And they have checked off taco number one, taco number two, queso, chips. It's all checked off on the receipt. The bag is sealed, right? I open the bag, one taco. It's the wor- that's it? That's it. That's terrible. That's, I <laughs> no, no, I mean the, yeah, chips, yeah, yeah. The, the, the chips and queso were there. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted two tacos, yeah. not one. I wanted two. I'll tell you what's the worst, to get a sandwich and then your chips aren't there. <laughs> and there are no groceries in the house because Holly's out of town. Not that I can't go to the grocery store, but... <laughs> No, I feel your pain first, on first, this. First world problems. I feel your pain on this. Now, I, I will give them credit because they did say, so how was the delivery? Not very good. Like, well, what happened? Well, you shorted me a taco. So they, Could you have ordered another taco or is that just your whole, the rhythm of the night? Is, it just would have been, you know, I would have been waiting another 45 minutes for another taco. It would have been an extra push of a button. It's, you know, <laughs> right. I'm, just, I'm just too lazy. At least they, they refunded me the taco that I did not get. But it just blows my mind that they checked this off on the receipt. And how did you not understand? You, you checked off a non-existent taco. It and was, you're hungry. You don't want the six bucks for the taco. You want the dang taco. I want, right? I want, I want the taco. Has this happened more than once? Uh, uh, well, we're getting to example number two oh, okay. here. Well, look at you have it written down. I have, I have it written down. I got notes. So, so I order, which I rarely, rarely order delivery pizza. I rarely order delivery pizza. And this particular um, establishment has a sophisticated tracking system where they hit you on your computer, they hit you on your uh, text messaging, and uh, they had said, okay, your pizza is going to be there at 653. Okay, fine. At 6.40, my phone starts buzzing. Kevin, your driver is pulling up now. No, he's not pulling up now. 
He didn't pull up for the next 15 minutes. Kevin's up to no good. Well, I don't know. But, but, but see, here's the thing. So you get the text. Kevin is about to pull up to your house. But then you go back on your laptop and you look at the tracking of where his car is and he's like in midtown so you use the different you use the pizza places app instead of like uber eats for this right right yeah could you have ordered that on uber eats or i i, I probably could have but i figured i'd go right to the source go right to the store Just and that was the, yeah, yeah that's yeah now now in fairness i did get the pizza at the appropriate time, but just the whole like, okay, stand by, the guy's pulling up now. It's like, no, he's not gonna be here for 15 minutes. Well, it's like now when you make a doctor's appointment, you get texts for like four weeks out. And yeah. it's like every yeah, other please day confirm. Gonna, yeah, it's yeah. the same type of, I yeah. don't need all that. I'm going to show up. Just I tell pro- me when he's coming and I'll count on him being there then. Yeah, yeah. Know? But I mean, I, I got it. It's, it's just, you know, kind of the, like the overkill of, he's going to, he's pulling into the driveway, no. He's due in 15 minutes. Just don't, you know. And then anyway. you get the bag of food and it smells like skunkweed. That ever happened to you? Have that's, not. Have not. That's very unappetizing. No, that, that would not be good. Well, so then in Portland, <laughs> staying downtown, you're like, I just don't feel like walking anywhere because, I, like I said, I was like really in a lot of pain. And room service, I'm sorry. I'll do a $40 hamburger like once a trip. Can charge that to the Grizzlies and sign someone else's name or something? Or? No, I, we don't. We don't want to do that. No. We we do get per diem, but the per diem that uh, the network pays us is it's it's woefully inadequate. So I do an I do an Uber Eats order, right? Okay. So we're staying at the Ritz Carlton downtown Portland, 900 Southwest Washington. It's really an easy. I'm going to and- stop you at Ritz Carlton. I don't feel sorry about any of this once you said that. <laughs> kind of it's like the nicest hotel in the world. So, so yeah, well, hey, you know the CBA, the players you know, through the CBA negotiated five star hotels. I mean, who am I to complain? But yeah, and and the driver and I and I and I I you know put in the message. I will be standing outside on the sidewalk outside 900 Southwest Washington Street. The driver went around the block like three times and then, you know, and then pops out of the car and is like looking around. I'm the only person on the sidewalk and they're like looking around. It's like, you try to call him. There's numbers on there. No, I mean, I I just texted. I said, I will be standing in front of the hotel. This is really, really simple. It's the only Ritz Carlton in Portland. Um, You know, and and it's like, well, my GPS got it wrong. It's like, how could it, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I mean, I got the food. The order was correct, but it's just—it's just like it's just like another layer of hassle, really, to uh, to get this done. And uh, that's the worst when you're really hungry and they're like circling you like three or four times in a row. I yeah, yeah. yeah, and I, I was extremely hungry and extremely impatient at that time. So, uh, food food deliveries, mixed bag, and I mean, it's one of those things like, oh, it's a really really great idea. Somebody's going to bring me food. And then either the order's messed up or it, it takes forever or, or whatever. The service, again, again, the service work, fees are ridiculous. Oh, the service those. fees, right? Yeah, they're, ab- they're absolutely absurd. But, I mean, the, the drivers, you know, they, they've got to get paid. So, again, I only do it in dire circumstances. I would prefer to pop in the car and, you know, order out, like, you know, call P.F. Chang's and order something, go pick it up. Or, or, or Bog and Barley, your place. Does Bog, Bog and Barley do pickup? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, you're, I've been once. I, <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I need to go see Kelly English. Yeah. I've not been to the you know, new Irish, by the way. Yeah, so that's, that's... All right. A lot of first world problems. A lot of first world grievances. 
and we're just we're just kind of rambling into our into our mindful moments moments. So, Mr. Graber, please. So this please, is going this please, is going to help you, Mr. Please Kranich, save us your, from ourselves. I think our listeners can tell your back pain is manifesting in some real uh, gripes. I, I think I, I think I've been in fairly good humor all things. Oh, you've been good. So I told you last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago, about the term glimmer, how mm-hmm. it's sort yeah. of the opposite of trigger. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to pull some stuff up so I would say it accurately, sort of what it is and sort of the nature of it and how we can bring these small, sort of tiny, happy moments into our life to use as a buffer against stress. So this is, a glimmer is the opposite of a trigger. Glimmers are those moments in your day that make you feel joy, happiness, peace, or gratitude. Once you train your brain to be on the lookout for glimmers, these tiny moments will appear more and more. So then a couple other ones, and I'd like to say the source for these, but one, I just kind of snapped them on my phone, and two, this isn't a term paper. I can't be <laughs> graded on it. I would have failed a kid and, for and, and you're not And you're not plagiarizing. You're, you're... Not at all. This is common knowledge. If mm-hmm. it's more than five sources, right, it's not plagiarism. So trigger has become a commonplace term in our cultural lexicon, but few people know about the opposite of triggers, glimmers. Coined by Deb Dana a licensed clinical social worker who specializes in complex trauma in her 2018 book, The Polyvagal Theory in Therapy. Glimmers refer to small moments when our biology is in a place of connection or regulation, which cues our nervous system to feel safe or calm. And she gives a couple of examples, I I think, that are really good. One is in nature, admiring your garden or seeing the stars in the sky. A second one is possibly noticing a stranger's smile or the warmth of a loved one's voice, feeling comforted by furry friends, unexpected church bells or your favorite song coming on the radio. I think those are cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I like it. I like it. I, I, I've, seen, I've seen that pop up on social media now, the, the, the whole concept of, of a glimmer. I'm going to share something in the mindfulness moment, if, if, if you don't mind. Sure. What I think is really important, and we've, we talked about mental health, and I think there's, isn't November Men's Mental Health Month? I mean, or, it's always or, something. It's, it's always something. Which is great. Yeah. I would urge people to be very mindful and discerning of who you are as a person and how you interact with other people. Um, I had occasion a few months ago to have a friend with all good intentions try to tell me that I should do something that would not be something that I would, I would normally do. It wasn't not illegal or immoral or anything like that, but it just suggested a course of action to me that didn't ring true to who I was. And because I'm trying to be an understanding person, I know this comes as a great surprise to all of you. Um, I try to be an understanding person, try to see the other person's point of view. I'm like, hmm, does he have a point? And it really, really, really bothered me. And, and finally, after a period of time, I realized, okay, what this person is suggesting to me is not congruent with who I am as a person. We just don't see eye to eye on, on this particular issue. And I think that it's important for you to have enough self-awareness to know who you are and what your values are and to not be swayed by somebody 
who is telling you something that they are absolutely convinced is something that you should do. You need to have the wherewithal to be self-aware enough to go like, that's not for me. I think instinctually or intuitively, we have this inherent feeling in our gut. Like scientists even call it our gut brain. We can feel when something is off or wrong in those type of situations. Yeah. So I think you kind of go with your gut. Yeah. And, and I think then in those cases, you have to disassociate yourself from, from those inputs because those inputs are not doing you. Yeah. If it doesn't stop good. and it's harmful and it really goes against who you are, it either warrants a discussion or not being around that person. It's the old saying, your tribe is your vibe. Right. Right. And, and I mean, that's not to say that there are some people that will come into your life and they will say, Hey, have you ever considered this? You know, this might make your life a little bit better. And like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I can see how that would fit in with kind of how I view the world. And so that's, that's a tweak to my vibe rather than telling me to do something that is like so counter to what I would do normally. You know, when we're off the air, I'm going to need the details on this. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Um, so, so there you go. Good for you though. I'm glad. I mean, and a part of that is a maturity thing, and you're right, a self-awareness and knowing yourself thing. Well, the other so thing— So for gentlemen our age, I think it's a little easier than if you're in your 20s or yeah, 30s. in your maybe. 20s, yeah, you're much, much more impressionable. And also, I think part of this, too, is when something is not working in your life, cut bait. Yeah. If it's not working and you can't fix it, don't waste yeah. your time trying yeah. to fix it because it, 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 it's just not going to work. So well, I know you like Ryan Holiday. This is on a much more sort of minuscule scale or a superficial scale. He's got this thing like, don't waste time trying to finish a book you don't like. Right, Have right. Have you seen him say that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's like, or a movie you don't like. Walk out. He's right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, don't don't try to, uh, yeah, just, just, just please the tribe. Yeah. And I, I always thought that was kind of interesting because I always felt – Okay, I'm going to read this book, and I'm like, ah, I really don't like it. I'm going to slog through because that's, you know, that's what we good Midwesterners do. We fight to the end, and like, we feel like it's a failure if we don't finish the book. But I, I always heard as an old English teacher, give it 50 pages. Yeah, yeah. And, and if, if you're if, not into it by then, just yeah, get rid of it. Because not every book is not for everybody. So there you go. Wow, solid mindfulness segment on this show. I like that. Thirteenth episode, by the way. Lucky, lucky thirteen. Oh, speaking of, we got yeah, a couple. We, we got reviews. some reviews. Yeah, Let me, uh, and we've also we have also passed more than five hundred downloads. So, wow, that's, that's awesome that's, for the last episode, right? <laughs> no, no, in total. Oh, wow. <laughs> what I notice that, and people, we encourage you go back to the archives because a lot of this stuff isn't necessarily time based. I don't think so. Some of some of it is maybe some of the sports stuff we're talking yeah. about games or whatever. Yeah, but the mindfulness is is timeless. Greek and grievances, Lord knows it, they're timeless. Let me see if I can find this on here. And we got So it. we've got five five star reviews. That's the highest we can we can have. Thank we, you. Thank you five beautiful people. So I think this says it's from Kyle somebody, but I think I know who it's from, and your name is not Kyle Ryan in Houston. <laughs> but it's very complimentary, and I like it. He's giving you a little bit of a hard time in a fun way. GG, that's me, Greg Raber, I guess, is a great mindfulness coach and great guy. I don't know if he's being sarcastic, or but we'll, I'll take it. <laughs> take Ryan. it, take it, take Pragmatic it. Pragmatic coach, great not only with basketball teams, but with corporate execs. Pete, think you guys make a great team and you are seamless behind the mic. Your dislike of BK is your only downfall. I thought that meant Brevin Knight. No, no, first. no. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, because Ryan's an LSU guy. Yeah. I'm an LSU guy, 
and he is our coach. Don't disrespect him. Your Notre Dame guys are exhausting when it comes to the negativity towards BK. Just giving you a hard time. I'm neutral on him right now, and I hope he becomes more of a player's coach. Keep up the good work, fellas. Thank you, Kyle, a.k.a. Ryan. I'm guessing he wrote that before Alabama rolled LSU last Saturday. Must have. (laughs) Probably knowing Ryan, he had a couple bourbons involved in this process. I thought there was another one, too. See if I can find it. Hold on, listeners. Well, maybe not. Well, see y'all. Here we go. Love this podcast. And this is from Rice Rice Baby, and in parentheses, Declan Rice. You think it's the Declan Rice of Arsenal? (laughs) That would be nice. That would would be nice. I would love that. Love to work with you guys, Declan. So he says, so much good stuff between these two guys. I love the mix of mindfulness, current events, sports, society, and culture. The good feel of the show makes it to podcasting what Yacht Rock is to music. (laughs) I've heard that about us before. The show about everything and nothing. All right. Declan obviously listens. Yacht Rock podcast. I like it. I like it. It's smooth and calming. I know. I know. I've I've heard worse. Um, Okay. I'm going to tell you what's coming up for me, and then you can share, and then we'll we'll wrap it. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm really excited about this nerve block on Thursday. I hope it works uh, so I can actually kind of get back to feeling like a human being again. Um, we're going to do some interviews uh, that we're going to air on Grizzlies Live pregame show with Grizzlies scholars. Ford provides the funds to identify really motivated middle school boys at Grizzlies Prep. And the boys who have decided, hey, we want to take on a more aggressive secondary academic load to go to like Lausanne, for example, or MUS or, or some, other, some other school of that, of that ilk. And um, what we do is we, we, there are mentors, there are obviously the kids themselves, and then the parents. This program has been going on now for, I think, six or seven years. So we actually have had kids go through the program go through high school, get into college. And it's amazing to talk to these young people and hear the variety of their interests, uh, what they want to get into. They have very defined ideas about why they want to go to Lausanne or MUS or St. George's or, or wherever, and what they want to do with their lives when they get to college. And we also talk to the mentors because the program identifies these kids and then it puts them in a program where they are being mentored and taught study skills uh, and communication skills and a lot of things that will set them up for future success and we always have a, have a great time and so we're going to record these interviews uh, on Wednesday before the Miami game and then we'll play them throughout the course of uh, throughout the course of the year Ford Scholars program it's an amazing program uh, just shout out to Ford for doing this it's a fantastic program, and it's great to talk to these young people, talk to their parents, talk to the mentors, and um, it's just great to see young people who are deserving of an opportunity get an opportunity, and that, that to me is, is huge. I love it. I bet it means a lot to those young men as well. They're, they're, they're very excited, and it's, it's fun because some of them are like super talkative, and uh, <laughs> I, I had one, and, and my sign-off typically is, you know, nice to meet you. Uh, 
John, and and good luck to you in your future. And, and one kid turned back and was like, and good luck to you, Pete. <laughs> Which was, you get everything at that age. You, you, Kids you, at that age, yeah. they're all over. Yeah, yeah, place. you yeah. do. So, and, and then, uh, yeah, and then, boy, it's, it's off to L.A. for a couple more games. So flying back to the West Coast uh, this weekend to take on the uh, Clippers and Lakers. So I've got, I'll be at the University of Memphis men's basketball practice, probably do a couple of sessions with some of their guys tomorrow, fly out to Rice University again in Houston on Sunday, be there till Monday night. A lot of good stuff at Lausanne Collegiate School in between all that. So looking forward to it. Now is this, how many years, is this, a, this is not the first year at Rice? No, Rice is maybe five years or okay. more. Typically I'll keep them a while. Sometimes when a coach changes jobs a new coach comes in he's not familiar with it or i don't have that contact then i may lose it but uh but good buy-in from rice yeah smart kids so they're into it they they understand the power of the mind very much so good good and the power of just taking a deep breath and i'll let my friend ryan who wrote that uh take me out to dinner okay while i'm in houston he doesn't know that yet so nice nice well, that is a wrap for episode 13 of Live a Little, this crazy little podcast about everything and nothing. He's Greg Graber, educator and mindfulness guru. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. This program coming to you from the World Galactic Headquarters of Pranica Media in East Memphis. We do not have an editor. We do not have an engineer. We do not have a technician. We do it all ourselves. And we have a lot of fun, and we hope that you do as well. Of course, we're available on all the podcasting platforms, most notably iTunes. Please do leave uh, a rating, a review. It's always very helpful for us. And uh, if you leave a review, proof positive, we'll read it during the next edition of the podcast. So, Greg, uh, good to be with you and safe travels. Thank you, sir. Same.